Hello and welcome to Emotional Self Mastery, the best podcast on regaining personal power, self-confidence, and peace. I'm your host, Cheryl C. Jones. And I'm Kathy, the producer of this podcast. Each week, together, we explore topics that will help you eliminate negative self-talk, worry, anxiety, and fear, so, so you can live your best life. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Cheryl. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about our relationship with money. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Everyone should be interested in this. Mm-hmm. This is a subject that is an offshoot of the imposter syndrome that we've been talking about recently. Because our relationship with money and the imposter syndrome are all tied together through our emotions. By the way, listeners, if you haven't already listened to the two episodes on imposter syndrome, we recommend that you do as well as the next several episodes. Well, we actually recommend that you listen to all of our episodes, but well, yes, of course. <laughs> the last two on imposter syndrome would be helpful. Today, we're homing in on our relationship with money. To illustrate what I'm talking about, I want to start with a story. Yep, Please for a do. story. I always love a story. (laughs) Okay. So there's this young man. I'm going to call him James. And throughout James's childhood and even his adulthood, James has never had a piggy bank, a wallet, or any kind of safe place to keep his money. Actually, it wasn't that he didn't have one. He didn't use one. Did you have a piggy bank? I did. How about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine had a stopper in the bottom so I could get the money out. Oh, mm-hmm. good, good, good. Yeah, Not, so you yeah. didn't have to break him. Yeah. No. no. Moving right along. Back mm-hmm. to James. If you were to visit James now in his adulthood, you would notice that he still tends to leave his money laying around the house. You'd likely find a dollar bill or two wadded up on the couch or on the floor. He often leaves his bills in the pockets of his dirty jeans. And of course, they get washed. So then he's got laundered money. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> pun there. But the bottom line is, is he has little respect for his money. Consequently, he rarely has any to speak of. What do you think would happen if James treated his girlfriend with the same level of carelessness he does his money? Oh, I expect he wouldn't have her long. I think you'd be right. Well, you don't have to be like James and leave your money laying on the floor to have a good idea about what's going on with your relationship with money. How you treat your money is actually a reflection of how you feel about yourself. And those emotions and beliefs run deep. In fact, they influence all other relationships and they can lead to a phenomenon called under-earning. So let's find out if you're an under-earner. If you are someone who puts off or avoids what needs to be done to support your own goals, you may be an under-earner. If you have a need to keep proving your value or worth to others, you may be an under-earner. If you cling to useless possessions, thinking that one day they may have some kind of value, you are an under-earner. If you are a professional woman who is not paid what her male counterparts are earning for similar work, you can be sure that you are an under-earner. Or a poor negotiator. Good point. And if you are a business owner and you give your products and services away for less than the value they provide your customer, you are either 
an under earner, or you may be experiencing imposter syndrome. Here's the thing. Other people know it when you don't feel completely confident in yourself. Without you ever saying a single word, people pick up on what you feel about yourself. They know it at an intuitive level. If you feel confident and powerful, or if you feel self-conscious and unworthy, and then they respond from the energy you put out. That is called meta-communication. Meta-communication occurs between people on an energetic level. It's that feeling you get from another person that's beyond their verbal and nonverbal communication. It's the energy. You know, when you feel someone you're talking to as being true and authentic and they're, you feel that they're open towards you, the opposite is also true. You can feel it when a person's energy is closed off or when they're being distant from you. Metacommunication is that feeling you get. And I tend to be super sensitive and aware of this energy. Maybe you are too. Oh, yes. Not, not as sensitive as you, but I often feel energy from others, both negative mm-hmm. and positive. So what happens is other people pick up on this subtle communication and respond to it. And when you put that vibration out of, I'm not worthy, then you get treated as not worthy. You know, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you think about it in regards to pay or running a business. Your pay becomes a reflection of how you see yourself. It does. And most people don't recognize it. So how does this poor relationship with self and money get started? I mean, Cheryl, are we born with it? No, we're not born with it. The notions of I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, or I don't measure up to those around me typically originates in childhood. Somewhere in our vast experiences, we got the message that we didn't measure up to others. Therefore, we didn't deserve as much or more than others. Here's an example from my experience of that exact thing. At age 13, my mom allowed me to start babysitting for other families in the neighborhood. She told me that I wasn't able to charge very much because I was new and had no experience. And she set my rate at 35 cents an hour. Mm. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Mm. Yeah. Wow. If only. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But after I received official babysitting training and my CPR certification, she still would not allow me to charge more than 50 cents an hour. And several of my neighbors recognized what a good deal they were getting because they could pay me the same rate whether I was watching one child or three. Oh and you know, my goodness. And no. you know, that's the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So wow. this ended up establishing a pattern of undercharging for my services and the belief that my services weren't worth more. You may be thinking, well, that was when you were a kid, Cheryl. Certainly that can't be true later in your life. Unfortunately, that same message did carry forward into my professional life. And I can see it now, but I didn't have a clue at the time. I remember I was working for this organization and they asked me to take on a new position, but they wanted me to continue doing the work of the old position for no additional pay. It wasn't long before I started feeling really dissatisfied and resentful toward my manager and the organization. Oh, was that when you worked for the amusement park? Yes, that's right. I was about four months into my new position, double position, if you will, and I was ready to get the heck out. Not so amusing. (laughs) Not so amusing. 
I blamed everyone around me, my manager, the situation, everything. But the truth is, it was my fault. It was my own darn fault. I didn't think highly enough of myself to insist on a pay increase or just one position or the other. You know, in all seriousness, that actually is a big problem. I think I've, I've experienced it myself and I know others who have been asked to do two jobs for single pay. <laughs> so. You're right. It has, it's, it happened, has happened quite a bit. Looking back now and knowing what I know, I realized that the money was tied to my self-worth. I didn't value my own experience and knowledge enough to negotiate a better pay rate. I think that a lot of us have that same issue, but I think what you're saying is that the money we earn is tied to our self-worth and we only get paid to the level that we think we are worthy. You're absolutely right. Remember, we were talking about James earlier. I mentioned mm -hmm. him. He's the guy who had little respect for his money and didn't have any. Yeah, I well, want to go to his house and, and go through his couch cushions. There you go. That's I'm saying. Great idea. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get his address for you. Well, James has a backstory like we all do, right? Mm -hmm. So my backstory was the babysitting experience and 35 cents an hour. Well, James has a backstory and just like my backstory of the babysitting situation, his backstory is that he was bullied in middle and high school, which caused him to have a lot of social anxiety and low self-esteem. He didn't think he was worth anything, including earning good money. So he tended to work for minimum paying jobs. That's sad. He only felt worthy enough for low level positions, you know, and there's that theme again, the amount of money we earn is in direct relationship to our self-worth or at least that's how we're programmed. That's right. So it's not necessarily the job or the position we have, or even for that matter, the business we're running. Correct. Here's the deal. As your self-worth starts rising, your meta energy rises too. That is what other people pick up on. That's what draws them to you and tells them that you're a value. When your self-esteem and your self-confidence are high, you can't help but attract positive attention from others. Mm -hmm. Now that could look like a promotion or a job offer or a new client or many new clients for that matter. I get it. I get it. But that means I need some therapy, right? I mean, like I need some help identifying all the instances that I devalued myself and probably then more help moving beyond it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably don't need therapy. And that could be a really lengthy process the way you've described it. <laughs> there, there is a quicker way to do it. Here are two processes that I've used myself that have worked for me and have worked for my clients. Simple things that you can start doing right now that are going to make a big difference. The first thing I had to do for myself was I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself for all the times I shortchanged my value. I had to forgive myself for all the times I didn't get paid what I was worth, or I discounted my fee because I thought people wouldn't pay it. The second thing I had to do was I had to change my mindset. That's not so easy when you've got longstanding negative thoughts and beliefs about yourself. So what I did was each time a thought like, I can't charge that, they won't pay it, or people will think I'm greedy. I had to cancel that belief and replace it with a positive one. I had to replace it with a statement that reminded me of just how much value I actually bring my clients. I had to literally stop 
and make myself remember the amazing results my clients got after we cleared even just one of their false beliefs about themselves. Clearing my own false beliefs is what made the difference. As I cleared even the smallest false beliefs, my self-confidence started to improve and I started to thrive just like my clients were. Much of what I've learned throughout this process of rebuilding my own self-worth, I put into a how-to book called Emotional Self-Mastery, the best book on regaining personal power, self-confidence, and peace. Please buy a copy of this book. I wrote it for people like you and me who want to get unstuck and feel empowered again. It's easy to find. You'll find it on Amazon. Okay, so this week we learned about under-earning and how it's a symptom of the bigger issue of low self-esteem. Cheryl gave us two really good processes to try that she has used herself and with her clients to start changing their perspective of what they're worth. So in the episodes to come, we're going to talk more about our connection with money, how it relates to imposter syndrome, and to our romantic and other relationships. In addition, we'll look at ways to repair a poor self-image and overcome feelings of imposter syndrome so you can earn the money you deserve, reach your fullest potential, and have healthy relationships. Thanks for joining us this week, and we look forward to you listening next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Emotional Self Mastery. We'll be back next Thursday with a new topic to help you reclaim your personal power and self-confidence. Please be sure to subscribe to and like this podcast and share it with a friend. And if you want a deeper dive into Emotional Self Mastery, get Cheryl's book by the same title on Amazon. Download the first chapter for free on her website under the book tab. Want to receive a full recap of this week's content with resources and helpful hints? Sign up on the first page of my website at simplythebestresults.com. Talk to you next week.